Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mm-mm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mm. I participate in McDonald's. Week one, it's almost over, which I actually think is a good thing based on what we've seen so far. Um, Thank co- God for the Pats. A couple of good games, a couple of teams that actually look decent, and then a lot of garbage. We're going to talk very briefly about a couple of those games, but really why we're here is to keep looking forward because we have a couple of Monday night games, actually really one and a half, and then we have week two. Yeah. which has some exciting matchups. We're going to look at the lines um, that have been posted for those. We'll talk about them a little bit. We'll try and sort of guess where we think um, our number will end up being uh, because we wait, obviously, until all the grading is done uh, to go ahead and run our model. So we'll do that. We'll keep it short. We'll keep it sweet because, well, it's late and we look like crap. Yes. So let's start with um, a couple of things from today. Let's start with the Sunday night game because we just suffered through it. It was exactly what I said it would be. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was one of those where it was in the running. It was one of our picks, uh, and it was in the running to be our best pick. Should have. Should have, probably. Uh, and it was everything in terms of what we, you know, what we talked about with Juju Smith-Schuster being shut down by uh, Stephon Gilmore and others. It was... Um, you know, nobody else and the Steelers being able to step up. Dante Moncrief had 10 targets, I believe, for seven receiving yards Not total. Um, and then it was Tom Brady, uh, you know, uh, Josh Gordon being that sort of receiver that they thought they were going to lack this year. Uh, and it seems like now they're going to get two of those guys. So uh, pretty, pretty sweet. James White did James White-like things. And then he gave way to Rex Burkhead, who kind of iced the game. So it was, it was a total, complete effort for the uh, – uh, for the New England Patriots, yeah, Rex Burkhead iced the game. A uh, couple of it was already iced. Couple of uh, couple of points to back the or stats to back those up. You mentioned Gilmore on Juju. Juju just forty three yards when covered by Gilmore. And then I thought this was something similar to what the Patriots did actually against the um, the Eagles in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, which was they just used play action and it mm-hmm. just toasted the linebackers oh, of the Steelers. Yeah. Tom Brady, 8 for 11, like 130 yards and a touchdown uh, off of play action. Um, it, it was an all-around 
absolute drumming. I think they had seven pass breakups. Um, and then Ben Roethlisberger really struggled mm-hmm. um, at halftime. He had one completion on a throw more than five yards downfield. I think he got one or two more in the second half, but it was over at that point. It was over when Mike Tomlin kicked a field goal down 20 at the one-yard line. I mean, it was. I mean, the if it was 18 and you're cutting it to six, or yeah, if you're it was. You know, 19, you're cutting it to right, 16, right, right. which turns into two scores. Uh, it's a little late, so my math is, is funny. But, like, that is still stupid, but it's, like, not the, you know, the 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 worst thing. Cutting it from three scores to three scores, I mean, there's really no other word for it. I wonder if the if the optics of it are such where you're, like, if you're Tomlin, you're sitting there, my team is getting blown out. I don't want to put up a goose egg. Uh, there's a chance we're not – I mean – the fact that how big your quarterback is, you should just be able to plunge in from there. But like, let's assume they thought it was a non-zero chance of converting. If they get blanked on opening night, there's probably something to that. Whereas, I don't know, people like you and me see, you know, there's really no difference between scoring three points and scoring zero points. Right, would have doubled their chance of winning. Now the problem was their chance of winning was very Whoa. small, but- regardless. But that's kind of an interesting thing. Is you, um, it, it's hard with small numbers mm-hmm. for people to grasp the magnitude of things. But like. Hey, doubling your chances is still doubling your chances. You're trying to win the game. Anyways, that was way too much on the Sunday night game. Uh, let's let's talk about a couple of games that were noteworthy today. Let's just kind of speed through them. Rams, Panthers. What stuck out to you? Uh, well, I thought. Well, I th- we got lucky in this game. Frankly, I think you know we had Rams minus two and a half. This was the only pick that we had that did not give us closing line value or or the same line. So this one. Was at minus three when it's minus two and a half. That's when we grabbed it, and then it got all the way down to minus one and a half, and then back to minus two. So there was certainly people betting on the Panthers, the Rams. You know, in the first half, you know, everybody sort of like sleptwalked through the game, um, but then the the you know, Rams got a turnover on a sort of a bad Cam Newton pass that ended up being a lateral. They punch it in, and then in the second half, it was sort of like a seesawing battle between two quarterbacks who were asking themselves who can generate more turnover worthy plays. Uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, since the Rams had a lead going into the half, uh, you know, they basically equaled the score in terms of turnover where he plays, and the Rams ended up ahead. So speeding through that game, uh, the one thing that did stick out to me was Sean McVay kicking a field goal when he had an opportunity to close the door and shut it. And I was expecting this not to happen for Sean McVay. I thought he would turn it around. He did not. I was ultimately disappointed but don't in you the Rams. think? don't you think, though, that – I thought his offense actually was fairly like the plays were pretty good. I agree, and that was probably his focus. Like if he went into the offseason and said, "Okay, I need to improve," like he probably thought, "I need to improve in my offense." Sure, and, and but that takes time. It literally takes no time yeah, to just be like, no, "I agree, make the play." Okay, um, we're we're going to speed through these because we're move on to week two. It's what we promised. We said we would do. Your Chiefs destroy the Jaguars. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is a guy that I've talked about for fantasy, but also ultimately, here's the thing with the Chiefs: their defense still isn't very good. So, and Charvarius Ward was—I have to look up his numbers—but he gave up a ton in coverage today, yeah. uh, and uh, it was 100 yards. It was yeah, it's egregious. So, uh, even though it's good that they started out one and zero on the road, uh, covered. We have, I believe Greenland had them covering. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the defense. Okay. You're more concerned about the defense than you are Tyreek Hill being injured? Yeah. Okay. Wrong. Why? 
<laughs> because we knew their defense was going to be bad. It's not like all of a sudden the defense is far worse yeah. than we anticipated. But their calling card was going to be having a highlight reel offense. And you mentioned Sammy Watkins. He'll be hurt in two weeks. I disagree because the Chiefs were planning for a significant part of this offseason not to have Tyreek Hill. And so I agree with you that Watkins is an injury risk, but I, I disagree with the idea that, they, that Hill is some sort of like irreplaceable element of it. Like, they're not winning the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. Like they go, they go. Like Travis Kelsey was like okay today. Like they, they, they go through these. Like Lashawn McCoy averaged eight yards a you carry. You think they can this win offense, the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill? I think. It, I think Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, they can. And some permutation of Kelsey Hill and Watkins, two of those three stay healthy the whole year, they can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually going to answer the question. They cannot win the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. Okay, I, I disagree. I mean, their defense is bad. Like, let's assume their defense is good enough to win the Super Bowl while still being bad. I don't think Hill is the, is the be-all, end-all. Okay, interesting. Uh, Mahomes did get nicked up, by the way. That was... That was and he gutted through it. It was scary, but yeah. He, right, but that's, that's worrisome. Right, that's why I, I, I qualify with the Mahomes. Um, we, we can't not talk about the Ravens, right? I mean, they... You know, I mean, we could. They didn't even play a real NFL team. Right. They, I mean, they, they beat Bama 59-10 to <laughs> on the road. Uh, Lamar Jackson was terrific. Uh, I, uh, For a running back. It, well, yeah, to his own thing. But um, the, question, the question begins, like, we're going to be asking this like, question, I think, for the first month, which is, what does beating the Dolphins mean? Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Um, are, you, are you worried about the following teams? The Browns. I didn't have no. Okay, uh, the Falcons. Uh, again, like the Browns, my expectations weren't tremendous for them, so no. The Bucks. Yes. <laughs> um, my all right. Ex- the, those. I feel like those were the noteworthy games. Uh, th- th- we'll talk about all the other teams yeah. as we go. Let's let's move on um, to week two. Uh, although, let's hit the Monday night games as we go. So, first Monday night game is actually a worthwhile game. It is the uh, Houston Texans going into New Orleans uh, to play the Saints, a team that should have been in the Super Bowl last year, obviously was not. I'm assuming they come in with a chip on their shoulder. Um, And this is a, depending on where you go, seven-point or six-and-a-half-point game. Um, Your thoughts based on what you've already seen in week one? Yeah, the six-and-a-half is minus 120. The minus seven is is plus, plus, uh, plus 100. So it's kind of right there. Um, I think anybody talking about this game from a betting angle is saying right now that the Saints have won one game straight up in the first two games of the last like four years, right? Uh, you know, they come out slow and they struggle, all that kind of stuff. And, and I want to fade that nonsense like yes. to you know uh, immensely. Um, I think for I think Houston is a team that is going to be much like Seattle today, who struggled, did not cover uh, as almost a double digit favorite against uh, against uh, Cincinnati. I think Houston is going to try to get acclimated with all those new players. Uh, I think they're not that good to begin with anyway, and, and I think New Orleans is a very good team starting, frankly, after Breeze with that defense, uh, which has a ton of great players. I think this number I think this number is a little short, frankly. The New Orleans Saints are about as complete a team as I think you'll find Patriots, probably number one, uh, and by a long shot. But the they have defensive players that can cover. They have offensive players that can catch the ball. They obviously have a, a top 
um, quarterback. But here's the, the big difference in this game is they have a coach that kind of knows what he's doing. And like Bill O'Brien has struggled to like be a GM and a coach at the same time. It hasn't really worked out. So I think that's the extra edge they need to make sure that they, they actually cover. I don't think Sean, I think Sean Payton wants to win this game by 50. So to me, that that is where uh, the value lies. But, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what do you think about the total? 52 and a half. It's the highest total of the weekend, along with you know uh, the Chiefs, which went over uh, today in Jacksonville. Uh, what do you think about the total? 52 and a half. Well, given how uh, the Cincy-Seattle game went, <laughs> I'm never talking about a total ever again. Um but there's no way I'm taking the the under. Yeah. Well, we've seen today, like uh, as you have in the sheet today, it was like, uh, you know, was it a Cleveland versus uh, oh, Tennessee looked like a sure under, and then and then the one that actually did get under was a uh, uh, Buffalo versus uh, the, the New York Jets, and then Arizona Detroit was another clear one that ended up going over. It, it's just really hard because you know the NFL is so parity driven that these games end up close, and then you, you get scores uh, in every game except for Cincinnati versus uh, Seattle. So uh, <laughs> so there's that. Okay, Oakland Raiders at home. This game was a pick just recently. Yes. And then the Antonio Brown nonsense happens, and now we're talking about Denver as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Oakland, starting Oakland's last year in California. Uh, or Sorry, the Raiders' last year as the Oakland Raiders oh, in Oakland. California. Oakland's being annexed too, so that's. Um, what do you think? What uh, in terms of this game? I have not been interested at much at all because Green Line is sort of like ambivalent, yeah, ambivalent towards it. So I haven't really thought about this too much. Here, okay, uh, this one is tough for me because I could not possibly want to fade an organization more than the Oakland Raiders, given everything that they've done. Everyone is very quick to blame Antonio Brown, and I'm not saying he should be absolved of his sins because the guy has done some things that are a little outrageous and ridiculous. And I overall am an Antonio Brown supporter. But um, the Raiders are not without blame here. Like, if you run a company or you, you know, whatever, you hire someone, if you have to fire them, that is an indictment on you, right? Like, this is an indictment on the Oakland Raiders that they had to fire a guy that they hired in Antonio Brown. So I think they are a disaster. And I think the Broncos are one of those teams that's one of those middling teams, but they have a ceiling that is actually noteworthy because of what Vic Fangio can do um, from a scheme standpoint. And that if everything clicks for that defense, they do have the pieces to be like that, what the Bears were last year. Now, who the hell knows if that's going to happen, and it's a very small chance. But I think there's, there is the chance that the Denver Broncos just basically do what the Patriots did um, to the Steelers today. I think I think this is, though is a is a pass game. I mean, like in terms of if you're if you're looking at to bet this game, I would pass because right. because it's just like so we had this we had this exact same game, exact same place, Monday Night Football in like base, uh, Christmas Eve or something, right? And it was like a sucker play, right? Everybody's betting the Broncos minus two and a half, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, and and I think that's what they're trying to get you to do. But ultimately, like we just don't know enough about these teams, as you said. I think Denver's floor is a lot higher than Oakland's. I don't think Oakland really has a floor. Um, but on opening night, we, you know, sort of hope, you know, team being galvanized by sort of this idea of like we're in it together, that type of thing, um, playing you know for their coach, all that kind of stuff. You know, we 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 we've seen this happen before. I I would just lay off this game. I'm not betting Oakland. There's no way. Right. But, I mean, but that's I'm, my point. But I'm just leaving it. I'm leaving it be. Okay, that was Monday night, week two. 
Let's go. That only took us like 15, 20 minutes. We're uh-huh. good. It's now actually Midnight Monday. Eastern, yeah. It's technically Monday. So, um, all right. Uh, I moved on to week two at about halftime of the oh, week one Oh, when the Falcons games. didn't show up for their game? Yeah. yeah, that was rough. So, we we had a debate on the last um, pod uh, of you know what our, our lock of the week should be. And for those of you that are new to the podcast, when we win... If that ever happens on a lock of the week, we donate um, our winnings to charity. Now, the Falcons hate charity. And so they ended up just donating a loss uh, or a win, I should say, to the Minnesota Vikings by not showing up. I think Kirk Cousins threw the ball 10 times, which is half as many as Matt Ryan was just under pressure. It was an absolute disaster. Jake Matthews uh, is missing in action. We're hoping that he's found soon. Yeah, um, but we are, But we are not going the Falcons' direction. No. We're going the opposite direction. Uh, I think, I think we're, is, we're going to take a moratorium on the Falcons for a while. Yeah, that, they're dead to me at this point. So um, Tampa Bay, Carolina kicks this, this week two slate off. Both teams that were disappointing. Now, Cam Newton was not, did not look good. It was basically Christian McCaffrey. and it looked if, very good. If it wasn't for him, they would have lost by, by 30. James Winston, however, was probably more concerning. It's amazing. So that Tampa Bay-San Francisco game managed to go under the total despite having three interceptions for touchdowns in the game, which so told you bad. how putrid both quarterbacks, you know, offenses really were. Uh, starting with Jameis, the three interceptions, the, the lack of pocket awareness. The Also, like, we, do we have to have a, a discussion about Bruce Arians, who on a number of occasions, one time he actually did kick a field goal when he, they were down by a touchdown. Another time he wanted to, and then they, they had like a, a penalty, and then they moved him closer, and then they failed to convert uh, in the red zone. Um, so like we, we all talked about you know Tampa Bay as being this marriage of uh, Bruce Arians uh, and Jameis Winston, and neither one kept up their end of the bargain uh, uh, yesterday now against the Niners. So looking at this number, though, it's six and a half, right? And... So so let's let's try to unpack what's going into this. You have home field advantage, which is about three, right? You also have the fact that Carolina is a better power ranked team than Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. It's a Thursday night football game, right? Generally speaking, the better team not only wins Thursday night football but covers, right? As favorites, um, you know, it's not it's not that drastic, but it's statistically significant. So you're still thinking about okay, Carolina is about a two points better than Tampa Bay on a neutral field. Is that would you say that that's like a proper handicap at this point? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think this is pretty spot on. I, I personally would have said, man, this is either six and a half or seven, and yeah. it just depends kind of which side you expect to come out hot uh, first. I was massively disappointed in what Tampa Bay's offense was. It was really kind of an atrocity. Yeah. Their uh, offensive line was a disaster. And Carolina um, – for all of the like, you know, maladies that they have, they sort of have a high floor because of their ability. Like Cam Newton, if they have to, can run the ball. Christian McCaffrey, it's not very hard to get him the ball, and he's like so yeah. far above average. So, but, but their defense is not good, and that that was the thing. People who liked them going into the season were all about the you know they brought in pass rushers. They still can't cover, and and you know Goff left a lot of yards on the field there, but they struggled to get off the field on third down. Cooper Cup made a ton of plays on them. Robert Wood, Robert Woods made some plays as well, and 
the thing so so looking at this game right like now that the Tampa Bay is not facing like Ronnie Lott and, and you know the San Francisco 49ers defense he gets a little bit of a, a downgrade here to Carolina's like do we see is was week one this like overreaction thing right was it was it something where we look at this next Thursday night and Tampa Bay sort of figures the thing out and there's some value on them at plus six and a half well okay so Tampa Bay is with the Atlanta Falcons on my list of never ever so you're will just it never never no Jameis Winston is so lost and confused and despondent and terrible that was awful man that was so bad and uh, the Ronnie Law joke notwithstanding the San Francisco 49ers can't cover anybody either right right that's the thing that's it. you know sort of concerning here is that he has all this talent now I know that the there was some sort of flu bug that went through and whatever but you're playing at home you you have all this time to prepare and you're playing a secondary that isn't very good and you just get Destroy. I mean, he just looked lost. So there's absolutely no way that I'm willing to venture back into Tampa Bay. Okay, and and for me, I think there's no way I'm rushing at all to back the Panthers by a touchdown or more. To anybody. I didn't say I was. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I, you know, unfortunately, I think for the second consecutive Thursday night, we might just pass on this game. We had the total. We had the under in the in the first Thursday night game, but. You know, and we don't know what the total is necessarily yet. I haven't put it down, but um, actually, we do. Uh, I mean, let's, let's, it's fifty and a half. That's a good. That's yeah. It's a little high. Uh, it's yeah, it's a little high, but I'm also not going underneath it because of the of the aforementioned uh, today's game, Carolina versus the Rams, was basically a slugfest until halftime, and it still would have gone over this yeah, uh, yeah. this number. Like that seemed to have been a lot of games that looked like under games in the first half ended up going over, uh, you know, for a number of reasons. Also, just to sort of backtrack and talk for a second, the holding penalties, the pass interference penalties, mm-hmm. a lot to do about nothing the yep. first week, as we as we predicted. Not a whole lot of changes to the fundamental nature of the game, except for the Browns who had 18 penalties. Fair. Okay, so we're gonna lay off this game probably. Yes, Baltimore. At home, and they, for the second straight week, get a terrible team. The uh, Arizona Cardinals here. I thought this would actually be um, a 14-point spread. Um, And that was at halftime of the first games. Mm -hmm. And my thought was, Arizona's going to come out. They're going to struggle against the Lions. And they actually ended up putting up a fight. Or Matt Patricia just laid down one of the two. And kind of clawed their way back. So Baltimore favored by 13. Now, I think there is a big gap between Miami and Arizona. Is it big enough to, to make up the difference between like 50-point destruction yeah. and, you know, 12-point destruction? Because the Car- the Cardinals came back, but I, I wasn't super encouraged by it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I... This one's tough for me. Um, you know, the thing that I really like. So, having it be thirteen, in fact, it's actually move. It's actually more towards Arizona as, as Baltimore is only minus one hundred five right now in Bet Online. Um, there, there's a they're enti- there, there's an enticement to betting the Ravens. Right, you watch them have a you know a, a rocking chair cover there. You sort of get this idea. Oh, what if they're up twenty one nothing in the second quarter again? Type of thing. The issue is, is we what we saw today. The, these like big spreads. It's difficult to hold a lead that big 
through a four-quarter game. We saw it with Philadelphia. They came back and, and took a 12-point lead with like three minutes left in case Keenum goes through the back door and, and covers for Washington. Yeah. So like to me, again, I don't, I don't feel super confident backing Arizona plus the points. What I do kind of like is this over 43. Oh, that's what the total is? Yeah. 43, I mean, I understand where it's coming from. Um, and, and Arizona's total today against Detroit was in the mid-40s as mm-hmm. well. Uh, the Ravens was actually, I believe, like at 40 or in the 30s somewhere. So I get where it's coming from. But, like, again, the Cardinals' defense isn't much better than the Dolphins' defense. And the Ravens, you know, um, look like the team that wants to score points. Yes, and they can, they can cover. And the Cardinals' receivers could not separate. Um, Kyler Murray... <laughs> It was not great for him. Um, three, four, was it 10, 20-plus yards downfield, 86 pass rating, went clean, um, took five sacks. So uh, I, I'd be a little nervous personally. 13 is just not a number that I would be willing to lay with um, the Ravens' offense because as explosive as it looked against a team that literally doesn't exist in the Miami Dolphins, um, the Cardinals, I think, Mm-hmm. have a little bit more going for them i don't know I, i'm with you though i think if i had to go one way i'd go the total okay the washington's at home facing the red hot dallas redskins the washington's are favor or no they're they're four and a half point underdogs here at home at first glance that number feels short yes it looks like it's it did not <laughs> it did not incorporate what dallas did today and it and it's giving Washington a ton of credit for playing tough against Philadelphia on the road. Yeah, for being up seventeen nothing and then getting yeah rocked. Um, I mean, let's talk about Dallas here for a second. The Giants come out and score, look mm-hmm. unstoppable because of generational talent. Saquon Barkley was not reproducible; just can't score ever again in the entire game. And Dallas just you know matriculates the ball down the field. Dak Prescott was like thirteen for thirteen off play action. It was. A, joke um hey, he looks so good with play action i mean he, he like when he faked the handoff like he looked like he was untouchable and his throws were pretty accurate i mean because zeke was there <clears throat> you, you make a great point <laughs> i i mean it's funny i think part of it is probably a little bit of confidence like as weird as it is like zeke didn't look i didn't think he did anything yeah. i uh, mean barkley was the best back in the game by a country mile and it mile. didn't matter yeah it didn't matter Unfortunately, um, I am not impressed with Dallas's win against the Giants because I think there's a chance the Giants are just really, bad. really bad. Really their defense, their secondary was an absolute really atrocity. struggling, right? Um, Whereas Washington, grant, granted, again, they gave it up at the end. But we're talking about a Philadelphia team that we think is one of the league's best. Yes, they got out 17 nothing, you know. And you know made it really hard on them at first. Philadelphia had to go for a lot of fourth downs. They had to convert. Right. They had to get three. I believe it was three touchdowns by Deshaun Jackson. Like they had, they had to work for it. I still think, like at first blush, four and a half seems short to me. But but it's hard to that to off one game's worth of data to go in and back a road underdog at more than a field goal and yeah. more than four even. I I'm. I'm the other way. I actually think uh, Washington is a decent, okay, a decent play here. In my opinion, I think four and a half. They're home. The, the Cowboys strike me as a as a team that 
overreacts as the public does to their own success. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see where the numbers are at. Okay. Now, the soon-to-be Super Bowl champion Tennessee Titans. You got so excited. At home, laying three against the Indianapolis Colts, who took the Chargers, a possible Super Bowl contender, to overtime today with Jacoby Brissett, but probably more importantly, Marlon Mack. I am surprised by this. I I am I thought that Tennessee would be at least a three-and-a-half point Th- this seems short point favorite, me. right? Yeah. Um, and I, I maybe this is the same reaction, or you know, the the bookmakers have the same reaction that I had watching Tennessee Cleveland, which was Cleveland played better than Tennessee for a large portion of that game, then just made so many mistakes in a row that Tennessee ended up winning by like thirty. Yeah, I always have this opinion that no AFC South team is any is ever that good. Right. So I like agree with assuming you. Tennessee is three points better than anybody uh on any given Sunday is is a is a faulty sort of assumption. That being said, the Chargers did a fair amount to keep Indy in the game. They fumbled a punt. Yep. Um they threw an interception in the end zone and Lee Cooker made a really nice play that was on the play. An incredible, an incredible play. Well, because we were we wanted the over in that game. And that they were going in for the over, and of course, uh, we we had to sweat that one out more than uh, had you know God had intended. Yeah, there's um, a couple nice jokes there, by the way, that are laying out there for you if you want them. Yeah, just letting the, the it, three viewers know it's it's late though. So, um, okay, so if we're looking at this though, I I'm this is a game I I want to see, I want to watch and be like, okay, let's like take some stock of of the AFC South because. You know, if if you would have, you know, we talked about this earlier in the offseason, like there was like a situation where betting Tennessee under nine or eight and a half wins was positive EV, but then also betting them on them to make the playoffs or win the division eventually became positive EV. And now we're in a situation where they're one and oh, and, you know, Houston plays, you know, tonight and, you know, they could be very much and Jacksonville might be buried because they don't have their quarterback for a significant right. part of the time. Um they could be in the driver's seat at some point, which is not something I ever thought I'd say about the Tennessee Titans. Yes. I still think Marcus Mariota is not very good. I am with you. So I think this is a case of the better quarterback and the better coach getting points. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. All right. right. I, I think it's bold. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't. I'm not saying the margin is large on the quarterback side. I do think the margin is fairly large. Like I think Frank Reich is right. If you combine the coach quarterback, you know, I I, I do agree with you there. Do you did you watch the? We did not watch the games together, sadly. Well, but watching the indie the end of the indie game, and they are just running the ball repeatedly. Yeah. and I'm sitting there like, man, does he know that they're down? Yeah. eight points. He like, massaged it perfectly. Now, I think he got a little lucky because T.Y. Hilton's play or Thomas Davis's soul leaving his body were kind of lucky, right? But they like, he was so confident in we are going to score, but we are going to score with no time left. And that was kind of cool. It it was something that obviously was pretty ballsy. Uh, but in Frank Reich, I trust. In any time a coach thinks about a second order consideration in a decision, yeah. Get uh, excited. I, I mean, look, I, ha- I I have to you know wipe my brow off a little bit. You know, I start sweating. Um, 
We uh, should speaking of of coaching. This was a disastrous week. The number of field goals that were kicked. Cliff Kingsbury liking threes this much is horrifying. If you can't, for if you can't, if you think you have to preserve your job in week one, you might as well. Like to any of the coaches out there, you have at least the next like three weeks. <laughs> like you're not getting fired before like week I four or five. Under, I, don't I don't know what you're it. doing. I don't get that. I, but it, it wasn't as bad. So to get back, there was the you know so Washington versus Cal. Washington was legitimately down four with like three minutes, four or five minutes it's left, late. and kicked a field goal on fourth and one from the two yard line. No, and then got the ball back. And drove down, kicked another field goal to go up one. And I was thinking to myself, please let Cal win. I don't want to see this this, this payoff. Chris Peterson get. And Cal won. Cal drove down one, kicked the field goal one. Good. And it was like poetic justice. Like it kicked the entire Pac-12 out of the college football playoff race. I mean. I, I don't get it. Brutal. Yeah. The, I, um, I was mad at people for hating on Cliff Kingsbury when he got hired. Because I am a believer in, you know, yeah. wait till you see it. And I saw it, and man. Coaches that think that they can get two field look. goals and a stop eat more easily than they can get one touchdown is an unbelievable stature it's, situation it's in, in life. It's just incredible. You hate to see it. Okay. okay. Wow. Buffalo, the Bills, <clears throat> 1-0, oh, comeback victory against the Jets. Oh, we're not going to talk about C-Pitt. Well, I don't think that is the lineup. Right. We just guess it. What do you think the line is? Seattle? Because this is a good game. I the mean, Seahawks, we, we think. The Seahawks uh, fought off the, the testy Bengals and John Ross. <laughs> Resurrection of John Ross. Um, go into Pittsburgh. Wilson, Roethlisberger. What do you think? Uh, I think this is a... Given how short some of these lines have been, I think that they... They put down Pittsburgh minus two and a half. Wow. I think it's Pittsburgh minus three and a half. And here's why. The the Pittsburgh love is strong. And the Patriots are just a very good team. And I think I think it should be three, to be honest. But I think they get that extra that extra little bump. They give them the hook because it's in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh is a public team. Okay. Uh, I, right. I, I, I'm, I'll be interested to see. I, I, could, I could see three and a half. I could see two and a half. Um, if it comes out three and a half, I, I would want to bet the Seahawks. Three and a half implies that the market thinks of the Seahawks the way we think of them, which is a little less than ideal. I, don't, I didn't think their win today was all that impressive. No, and I, and I think that they, they struggle sometimes with some things that will keep them from being contenders. All right. Now we can move on. Let's let's spend. So if we want to, if we want to a quick one, Giants Bills. How how many how many minutes of your life are you going to spend watching this game? Too many. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Giants are are two and a half point dogs here. Um, can but, I just can I, the Giants suck? But I I am a Pat Shermer fan. He looks. Dude, Pat Shermer looks, he looks like worn down. He hasn't slept the entire offseason. Yeah. The guy also went for fourth and eight when he certainly should have. And, you know, he has made some decisions that have been totally forgotten from an analytics perspective. 
um, that most coaches just don't even don't even consider. And I legitimately feel bad for him because he probably has the worst roster, uh, certainly offensively, right? Like that is just so well, bad. Miami and, and Washington. I'm, my, I'm talking about NFL teams. Okay, sorry. Um, I mean Washington. They can't be worse. Whatever. It's bad. They're Anyways. both bad. Yeah. So I commiserate with with Pat Shermer now. Getting two and a half points at home against the fighting Josh Allen's is tempting because I think Buffalo is a little fraudulent, but their defense is good. It's impossible for me, I think, now. The, the Jets got an 18-point lead based on a defensive touchdown and a safety and one offensive touchdown. How could you back the Giants right now? I don't think you can. I, I think this is a layoff game. To me, the only thing that would get me interested is if Daniel Jones started. Well, so that's the thing. They're going to be calling for Daniel Jones soon. I'm, I'm here for it. Where, where does the line go if Daniel Jones plays? I think it's a pick em. Wow. If it's a pick em with yeah, Daniel did Jones, you see Eli I'm try to run that the bootleg? You see him try to run that bootleg on that fourth down and try to shake Dude. Leighton Vanderish? Dude, just stop. It was, it was hard to watch. Who, who has a better chance of shaking Leighton Vanderish? Me or or Eli Manning? <laughs> you by a mile. You got a sneaky spin move. All right, that's that was too much of that. This game, actually, uh, real quick, I want to I want to pull up Josh Allen's some Josh Allen stats here because I'm legitimately curious. I didn't watch a ton of this game. The only stats that matter is the fact he's one and zero. Well, that's the thing. That's all people are going to talk about. But I, I'm just I'm just curious here. So he went twenty four thirty seven. That's for him. That's really good. Uh, he was he had a hundred and nine passer rating under pressure, nine yards per attempt. I am gonna fade that personally. Um, he threw two interceptions, and actually some of those interceptions weren't his fault. But then he threw probably one of the worst passes I've seen on like <laughs> a like a turkey hole throw that Marcus May basically just like went Keanu Neal against the Eagles on. Yep, man. It wasn't uh, it wasn't terrible. Fifty three one pass rating, which is a terrible statistic uh, when clean. Five point eight yards per attempt when clean is not ideal. Um, they gave Josh Frank Allen. Gore eleven carries for twenty yards, and so, Devin Singletary four for seventy. Was generational, yeah. Wow, give him more. Feed him the rock. Okay, your Niners on the road coming to Cincy, they're here, Cincy Vegas. To face the Bengals. Bengals are two-point underdogs at home in this game. The only question is, will the city still be standing after myself and Jimmy G hang out? Are you guys going to hang out? We've already got a couple of dinners scheduled. Um, Should be a fun time. After today, like, the real question is, I mean, for the Niners, to me, is, are they going to wear road whites? Mm. or scarlet reds in the Super Bowl. Like would which jersey do they choose to I wear? Think you got to go scarlet reds. Yeah. Um no, I mean the the Niners defense had more interceptions today than they did all of last season. Right. That's certainly I think for stable. the I think the thing for the Bengals that was interesting was early on in that game, they faced a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Jadavian Clowney got in a few times. But actually as the game progressed, Andy Dalton slash Zach Taylor Ran more play action. They did some things that were effective. John Ross was tremendous. First career 100-yard game by a lot. 
Um, Joe Mixon got injured, so to the degree that matters, Giovanni Bernard came in and was effective. Um, Bengals defense looked better than normal, but again, it was against a Seattle team that's giving up first and second down every possession. So uh, this is another one where I think we think that we have more information after week one than we really do. Yes. Now, I think this is a complete slap in the the face to the Bengals. Who had 100%. Who, like, I don't think are very good, but I thought the Niners were bad today. And if it weren't for George Kittle st- sticking up for, you know, all Georges in the world um, and being a beast, uh, that that offense was bad, man. And, like, you know, I am kind of sarcastic whenever I talk about Jimmy G, but I really do think he, you know, is, like, a good quarterback. And he could like, be decent, yeah. Could be decent. Um and is great looking, which obviously matters a lot, unless your name is Cliff Kingsbury, who all of a sudden looks way less uh, handsome. That'll do, uh, you know, that'll do it to you. Way less handsome now. Um, so I, I think this is ridiculous. I think the Bengals should be three point favorites in this game. Okay, interesting. I mean, did you really saw something from the Niners today? The Niners won the game because Jameis Winston took a poop on the field. <laughs> The yeah, cleaning I, crew right now is okay. having a hell of a time in Tampa Bay. I think I think the market views the Bengals in a similar cluster as the Giants, Washington, no. and Miami. No, they have a, that, they have a real not, quarterback. Even though they're not. Yeah, but the, but the market thinks, oh, no A.J. Green, no offensive line. They overvalue offensive line, right? No defense. They overvalue defense. And they're like, you know, the, the Niners are handicapped to be an 8-9 win team. Okay, they should be you know five points better. They That's were, the way this is going. So they were a disgusting Zach Taylor fourth down decision away from maybe winning that yeah, game. Oh, right, for sure. They they covered his nine point dogs, but they could have even won the game. And if so. we know anything, it's that Kyle Shanahan will see your shitty decision and raise and raise you one. Okay. I get a free bleep because it's past midnight. Uh, Detroit plus three against the Los Angeles Clippers of San Diego. San Diego. That is correct. D- Detroit today looked bad. Bad. Uh, somehow got out to a lead and then surrendered that lead. Ended up with a tie. The second consecutive week one that ended in a tie. <laughs> there Very you exciting. were, where we had a tie in week one. Um, I I think this line is too short. I think I I was buying into Detroit having more talent defensively, mm-hmm. um, and you know obviously Matthew Stafford being a real quarterback, as you said. Um, but after one game, I I was just preaching about don't don't overreact. But I, I honestly think like you know other than other than like you know the Chargers traveling West Coast to East Coast playing a one o'clock game, I, I don't really see why this number is only three. Yeah, man, dude, Taylor Decker is <laughs> what. What was that? Him and Jake Matthews both were on Quaaludes during uh, their opening games. It's just a portional, man. So bad. And the Chargers obviously didn't. Uh, Austin Eckler, three touchdowns, many from distance. He was terrific. Uh, Keenan Allen, I think, looked very good at, You know, running routes, mm-hmm. catching balls from Phillip Rivers. The defense will be a little shakier without Derwin James, uh, et cetera. But, I mean, they're just a class above Detroit. And, you know, after... I don't know how – so when a team should have won a game, then doesn't. 
Right. They can respond in one of two ways, right? They can go into the tank and be like, oh, we can't even beat you know, the Arizona Cardinals. Or they, they sort of rally. I just, I'm, I'm going to be on the side of going in the tank until I see otherwise. Really? Right. Yeah. Um, I always sort of feel like uh, Matt Stafford is a rallier of sorts. Oh, uh, there were some backwards bright- hat. So there were some bright spots, I did think, for the Lions offensively. I thought TJ Hawkinson. Uh, did a really nice job, like actually showed up as you know compared to some prior tight ends that they've drafted. Mm-hmm. Danny Amendola um, was decent, you know. So if those guys are actually players, carry on Johnson can catch passes. Their offense should be decent. Now I think it got torpedoed by the fact that, as I mentioned, Taylor Decker just got absolutely rocked. But when he was clean, Matt Stafford one forty passer rating did some nice things. So. Um, I am wary of the, uh, you know, the the Chargers kind of escaped. They they won a hard game. Um, I think maybe you know maybe they're overlooking the Lions a little bit. I kind of like the Lions getting some points here. I don't know. It, I I'm not a huge believer in the Chargers yet. Yeah, I I like the Chargers when they travel better than I do. I, when they, that's the thing. I do I, agree. It's oh that that is overcompensated for. Yeah. Okay, Green Bay, the the site of two ties in the last what mm-hmm. six years of football at at home against Minnesota. Green Bay is a three point favorite. Um, Minnesota impressive in their opening game. Only had, you know, Kirk Cousins only had to throw the ball ten times. Yep. Uh, Dalvin Cook rushed for over 110 yards. Uh, the defense was awesome. I mean, I don't know how much of that to attribute to Atlanta being terrible offensively, yeah. um, but Minnesota certainly uh, did did its end of the bargain defensively. Green Bay as well. The question then, when we look at this game, is okay. How much do we have to sort of throw out Week One because I both know. opponents played so poorly offensively? Um, I want to look at the total for this game because I think it probably, 40, probably 45 and a half seems like to me that seems like an under or nothing type yes. of bet. Uh, so I had two points here. The first is under, uh, and the reason for that is that the Green Bay offense was disgusting in that game, um, and I actually don't think the Bears' defense will be. I don't think it'll be that great, um, and so I, really I thought that. The low scoring was attributing a lot, should be attributed a lot to the offenses in that game, that Green Bay Chicago game. It's really not a good game offensively. So I have zero faith in LaFleur and the offense for Green Bay. And the Minnesota one is really strange because, I mean, what? They just gave the ball to Dalvin Cook and he just ran over everyone. And you would assume that does not happen here. Well, but that, and then the other thing was, is they never put Kirk Cousins in a position. I mean, like literally, the Falcons got the ball and then got a punt blocked, right? And then Cousins threw a touchdown to Thielen, and we're off to the races, right? And then, you know, Atlanta, you know, basically got nothing accomplished in the first half. Nope. And and you know, Minnesota with a lead, I think Kirk Cousins, like to me, like that's one situation where he's pretty good. Like he's not good at coming back. He's not good at playing square with a with a really good team. But he's fairly decent at front running, and he did a pretty good job today. He only needed to complete eight passes, but was efficient on them. Um, and you know, and Alexander Madison as well. They did, not only gave it to Cook, they gave it to Madison nine times for over five yards of carry. It was a, like kind of a complete commitment to the run. Uh, 
we know that like if that's a continuous thing, it's going to get found yeah. at some point. Like we're not against a good defense; they're going to take that away from you. Here's here's you the, throw. the tough thing I have, and I I think we're all a little uh, guilty, maybe except for a few haters out there of Aaron Rodgers. Like can do things that other people can't really do in terms of throwing a football, and it's cool, you know. And so like. It's tough to to bet against Aaron Rodgers because you just never know, right? Mm-hmm. And especially when you compare him to Kirk Cousins, <laughs> that gets magnified. So it's super hard for me to to want to do that. I I do think Minnesota is like by far the better team, though. Yeah, uh, I th- I think so. And um, for me, um, I, Lambeau Field has traditionally been a difficult place for them to play, right? Um, but uh, you know, I. The fact is, is the Vikings defense has done a really good job with Aaron Rodgers. Sands a couple of games, like to the point of knocking him out of one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like Christmas Eve of 2016 was the last time he had a really good game against them since 2014. So, um, you know, I think they'll mitigate him to the point where he's not actually somebody to worry about anymore, strangely. Uh, and, and so if that's the case, it's all about Kirk Cousins. And then it's basically uh, a coin flip in that regard. I I'm probably going to lay off this game anything other than the total, which I think is a, probably a pretty good underplay. Yes, I like that as well. Uh, Jacksonville at Houston, no line yet. What do you think it's at? Uh, minus, well, it depends upon what happens tonight, but mine, I would say anywhere from minus 7 to minus 10 if Minshew plays. Yeah, I'm going to go with minus 10. I think, I think I, Minshew is going to play, I believe. Uh, it did not look like Foles was in good shape. The Manchurian candidate will be out there. Uh, the, the Chiefs' defense terrible, and I think that you know there's really nothing to take away from the Jags' offense being any good. Um, New England at Miami. Now, I actually saw this at fourteen and a half, a couple of places. So why don't we just go with that? Okay. Um, which would be, uh, what were were they? Was it ten and a half the last time they were huge favorites in Miami? Uh, last year they were seven to right. ten, I think. The year before, I think, it was, it was ten. Ten, and, and they we lost. Made, we they lost both of those. Yeah, so yeah. they've lost in Miami the last two seasons as more than a touchdown favorite in both cases. Um, I don't see that happening here. Interestingly, right? Like New England, we we did that strength of schedule article. New England had the easiest schedule in the NFL, and it's particularly easy from now until yes. about week six or seven. Um, you know, they had. Uh, you know, uh, they presumably had a tough one. You know, yesterday it didn't wasn't so, and so now this is like a string uh, of pretty simple ones for them. The question is, is do they overlook this team? No. Yeah, I don't think so. So the it'll thi- be Antonio Brown's first game. Okay, that's one thing. The second thing is that you could overlook the Miami Dolphins, and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Do do you lay the points though? Like fourteen and a half. You know why I'm uh, probably going to is because I enjoy hearing about sharp betters, yeah, and and value and value. Yeah, enjoy that. <clears throat> okay, sucking down a Twinkie here. Speaking of Kansas City at Oakland, Oakland Losers. is a nine point underdog at home. You know, despite Oak- Oakland hasn't played yet, but Kansas City, we've right. seen them. Um, Again, the sort of same thing. We're looking at a home divisional dog that's getting almost double digits. Kansas City repeatedly covers these, right? We, they do. We, we saw, like, to, to your point, Whew. everybody said there were two sharp positions this weekend. It was 
Carolina, you know, from three and a half down to three down to two yeah. and a half, and Kansas or is, uh, Jacksonville from like five to four and a half to four to three and a half. Finally, at minus three, there were some people betting on on Kansas City. Of course, those value plays don't always work out. In the case of Oakland here, I I have a hard time backing them as well, even at, at almost you know double digits. It'll be interesting to see what Oakland looks like, obviously. But um, the tough thing here is that I Kansas City dominated that game, but I thought that they did get banged up. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is not playing um, for a couple of weeks. Mahomes took a couple of shots. It's not like Kansas City to do this, and I'm not sure they can really afford to because their defense is so bad. They kind of have to go out and try and score points, but you wonder if they just try to like eke one out. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe run Damian Williams a lot. Well, last year in Oakland, Kansas City was right after the Kareem Hunt suspension. It went from minus 15 to minus 14. And it was a shootout, and Oakland backdoored them, lost by seven. Right. Um, you know, that, that's, that's always the situation when you're, when you're laying that many points, is this idea that the, that the dog, if they are alive at all, can come in and get, get in through the back door. The difference between New England and Kansas City is New England basically just had a, like a practice yeah. tonight, and I think Kansas City actually had to play. They played in tremendous amount of heat. One of their best players is probably out. Yeah, so those things matter. Uh, New Orleans plays in Los Angeles. is by far the best game of the week. Uh, all due respect to uh, Buffalo, New York, um, and Arizona, Baltimore. That should be a great one, too. Uh, what do you think the line is when this one actually gets released? Uh, I think the Rams end up minus two and a half. Ooh, I think the Rams three point favorites. Okay, those those are, you know, I I think we'll talk about this game more as, as the week progresses. But um, I think New Orleans is the better team. But I think the the lack of re- the one less day of rest, and then as well as whatever home field advantage the Rams have, will will give them uh, the minus two and a half but not the full three. Yeah. Well, I kind of want it to be three. So you can bet New Orleans? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean. Just to tell you where it should go then. Right. Um, Chicago at Denver. The Vic Fangio Bowl. Can't wait. Uh, so This is kind of interesting. Yeah, right? Because Chicago, I can totally see them coming out and just dump trucking the next team they face. Mm-hmm. Um, but. There are systemic problems with the Chicago Bears. Mitch Trubisky was throwing turnover-worthy plays consistently, and when he wasn't, he wasn't very accurate. Nope. They had an affinity for Mike Davis in the in the ground game. Love to see it. And and defensively, like we said, they were still every bit as good as they were last year, but they did not produce turnovers, and the lack of producing turnovers really does hurt you, right? Like, if they got three turnovers against the Packers, they probably would have won, mm-hmm. and, and it would have been reminiscent of 2018. Instead, it's not. Um, Denver, a very difficult place to play in September because of the altitude and the heat. Um, so if I were to handicap this, I'd probably, given the strength of the two teams, I'd also put it at probably minus 2.5. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, the Chicago game was not impressive for Chicago. But it would be interesting to see what Denver does, obviously. But right now, I would kind of say maybe more of a pick. Um, I I just think the public likes Chicago. They're probably not ready to give up on them. Okay. I'm I'm not looking forward to watching that game, by the way. Speaking of something that's about a pick, Philly 
mm-hmm. going to Atlanta to face our Falcons. Yep. This, I believe, well, it, well, Atlanta's plus one in this game. So Philadelphia is is favored on the road in Atlanta against our Falcons by only one. Seems to me the 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 sort of difficulty here. Oh my god, I just can't do it. Can't do it with Falcons anymore, man. You can't come out and look like you just literally had no idea the season started today. You can't do it. The Eagles did as well, but they actually came back and showed some life. Granted, they played Washington and not well Minnesota. because they they have Doug Peterson, right? And Doug Peterson like puts his brain in his head before he walks out of the door in the morning. Going for fourth downs repeatedly, he went for a fourth down in the second quarter, didn't get it, had the ball undeterred on fourth and one at his own thirty-one, I believe thirty-six. Undeterred, went for it, got it. Scores a touchdown on that play. That was the beginning, and the rest is history. And they probably win this game by fifty. Yeah. I, I, there was a point in that Atlanta game where I was just telling the people that I was watching the game with, I was like, Atlanta gets like you know blanked in this game. They just fire everyone. Well, I mean, what was the Dirk Cutter thing if it wasn't to speed up the offense and make them better? brutal man i mean i'm sure there will be value on atlanta because metrically they've somehow managed to still be like a decent offense or whatever in that god-awful representation of the game but uh no no way not today satan yeah uh this feels yeah this feels short um philly far better team cleveland at the jets the jets are getting two and a half points to a team that got roasted by a team that was considering starting Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. You like that little... Uh, uh, yeah, some like transitivity yeah. there. Cleveland, yeah, so Cleveland is favored in this game, two and a half, basically, again, asking you to bet them, right? Yep. Um, knowing that at this time of the year, there's always going to be value on this like sort of stinky underdog team in the Jets. Uh, last season, we saw this this matchup in week three in in uh cleveland and the jets had the perfect game plan for tyrod taylor they go in with mayfield mayfield goes ahead and wins them the game at the time sam darnold seemed like he was incapable of throwing anything but a screen pass to quincy <laughs> noon or they hadn't planned yeah. on anything about that and, and now he does look like an actual nfl quarterback that said he was not good at it to, no. you know yesterday so um if we i i think we're, we're looking for both teams to improve here I do not hate the idea that Cleveland's five and a half points better than the Jets on a neutral field. Uh, and so I don't know how involved I'm going to get in this one. Yeah, not much uh, is my takeaway as well. So I want to close out with this. I felt as though we said that about a lot of games here. You have to take uh, one side of one game. Um, where are you going? We, that is right. We like to be driven by the model, right? And we currently sure. haven't run ours yet. so it's. But it's, I do think that we're g- generally, I don't know. I always We're, sort of feel like I'm, yeah. I lean in certain ways. Sure. Uh, if I had to take one of these, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Tennessee minus three at home against the Indianapolis uh, Colts. Interesting. Got a reason? Uh, I was not a believer in Tennessee's defense last season. I thought that their schedule was, you know, basically just a bunch of crap teams. Um, but today. I, I'm fairly convinced that they have a good defense. And I think Brissett is a passable quarterback. But I think they empty, emptied the tank a little bit this week. 
Mm. Uh, and so I, I don't know how much Indy actually scores in this game, in which case I hopefully can trust Tennessee to get out to like 17 to 20 points and, and, and get hmm. the cover. Wow. I was not expecting that. Also, you know it's very late when you cite defense mm-hmm. uh, early in your argument. That is um, that is good. Uh, I am... Um, I am a little torn here between a couple. Uh, I think Cincy plus two. I like that quite a bit. Um, I just see no reason why the the Niners are a better team than than the Bengals. Like that just doesn't compute to me. Uh, and but the one I think I like more is Philly uh, in in Atlanta, just owning the Falcons. Um, I, I, Philly sort of came out and just didn't play, but if you ignore that piece of it, I mean, they were really impressive. Um, it's, it's tough because I think Carson Wentz did some things on the right side of variance that, you know, probably even out a little bit, but just as a team from top to bottom, from coaching to everything else. And I have never seen the Falcons show up when they need to show up. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's un- it's it's uncanny that in the Dan Quinn era, that's like you know, it, past the Super Bowl, but like 2017 to now, they you know, it's just it's just they they show up when you don't expect them to, you know, and then and then they and then they don't like last season against week two against Carolina, covering six was like quintessential Falcons. Yep. Going on the road and and the throttling Washington as an underdog, quintessential Falcons, but but basically no showing in a game where I I didn't actually mention this one, but Atlanta was also another one was like in the pros versus Joes, all the pros were on Atlanta, and that's why it was four to three and a half, yep. and so like, and there and and that's like kind of do, is where you find value, like the average person is like, oh, the Falcons just stink all the time, and like well they stink half the time, so you can get some value the other half but um i'm with you i i don't know i don't know if i can trust them even at home i i think philly learn i think philly learns more lessons from this week than atlanta does let's just say that and that tells you something all right um i'm tired need to go to bed i'm sure you same here too. uh have a good one and we'll see you guys on thursday notice a healthy smile but maybe you have tooth sensitivity bleeding gums or acid weakened enamel sensodyne periodontax and pronamel are trusted specialty toothpaste created to help improve your oral health for tooth sensitivity choose sensodyne bleeding gums get periodontax for acid weakened enamel pronamel is the toothpaste for you sensodyne periodontax and pronamel trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile visit ibotta to earn cash back